0: Hi. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog in the trees of a town called The Fort. Lush in wildlife and blessed with fertile fields to sow their seeds, the townsfolk thrive in the fort, and that's why it must take its pound of flesh where it is due. But there are two individuals in particular who have paid a price too heavy, an undue price. Listener discretion is advised. I got the
2: ghost of you inside. Of my- Those children, the ones taken to fortify the soil and build our glorious oak tree. Tell me more about those children, Cyprian.
1: Oh, come now. You know a price must be paid to manifest one's will.
2: Oh, does it? Was the price absolutely and truly that specific?
1: Well, uh, I say it's high time we check on Reverend Albert. At least, see, he's still breathing, hmm? Hey, hold your hearses, old lady. Don't be in such a rush now.
2: Oh, yes, don't be in such a rush. I till the earth. ...then fortify the soil with those children. That is true. And it was ever so delightful a task... ...with the sweet promise of ridding ourselves of Adam. But I do wonder... ...given events and rumors. You see, I've heard the most... Curious little tale.
1: Don't do this right now, Tilla. Heh. Don't do what exactly?
2: Oh, well. I've been doing a spot of thinking myself. I've done some research. And I'd say there might be more to our greatest feat the way it was built and executed. In fact, while Adam was reprimanding me for my past transgressions against him, he mentioned something about being locked away in the Pont children, and that dear sweet Mother Cyprian brings to mind... The striking resemblance they bear to those children I buried in the ground, oh, so long ago.
0: Mother Cyprian shifted uneasy, straightening herself and looking obstinate. Well.
1: Well what? Hmm? Think for a moment, would you? Think? Once we broke apart Adam's flesh, as we aimed to render him but a memory, how do you suppose one was to keep him gone? Hmm. I am all ears. Speak your piece. Tell me how you would have gone about it. Hey, hold on just a gosh darn moment. My good God, what did I just hear you say? Oh, Alfie, you truly are the class clown, aren't you? You have access to everything that I do, all the same powers and secrets, and yet you would rather throw mud patties at scarecrows and yell at cows.
2: Oh, was the point not to fashion a prison, lock his shadow in something unmovable? A tree to last until the end of light.
1: Oh, good God, give your head a shake. You think that would have been enough? Enough to keep him gone for longer than a fortnight? Adam is a force of nature. It can't be so simple. You know that. It was bad enough, some of them things we had to do to get rid of that skeleton, but now this?
2: You used the children as vessels. Made use of the materials I deposited in the ground. They weren't fertilizer after all. They were moldable, impressionable vessels. The oak was merely the tool to disseminate his shadow, break it up, filter it through the woody fibers. How daringly clever.
1: You're the one who took the damn children. How did you not recognize them? It's been years. They aren't the same children. They are merely made of the parts of... of... Oh, goodness! Alfie, you're losing sight of the forest through the trees. It was a means to an end. You disgusting, vile old hag. The ends doesn't justify the friggin' means. That ain't how it works. Hmm. How high-minded of you. The children never knew any better. If there were no harm as a result of my experiment... Then what's the harm, you small-minded beast of a man?
2: Oh, I wouldn't be so sure. It would be quite fanciful ignorance to give those children such little credit. Peggy, that special little thing, she sees more than you know.
0: How right he was, Edward thought. How right he was indeed. Oh, little Peggy LePont. That little delicate flower with petals of granite. A grim storm swirled about her, engulfed her, and not having been taught to roll over and die, she knew nothing else but the instinct to survive. How fascinating. How curious. Edward August Hall could see her more than the rest. She was visible to him at all times, with her heels to the dark that ambiguous maliciousness of nothing stitched to her, and what piece of Adam she had been unknowingly given. Oh, she'd certainly made it her own. No one stopped for a moment to ponder the problem that was Peggy, except for Edward, who watched intently and keenly. What could be done? with Peggy Adam was closing in and there was no help in sight no mother no Edith and where was Edith she by all accounts given by others should have been visible to Edward and yet she was nowhere to be found The Reverend felt as if his skin and bones were made of searing hot steel, and he was stuck atop a mountain in an ancient storm where lightning never ceased to strike, and each jolt electrified the pain in his frail body. He lay on his belly, atop a thin leather mattress. Gauze soaked in iodine and salts were shoved into the holes in his back. Luckily, those attending to him thought he was unconscious. Thank goodness he was unaware of the pain, sleeping through the worst of the salt in his wounds and the wounds themselves as they oozed clear liquid tinged with yellowy red. But while the eyes in his face were shut and scrunched in discomfort and otherwise unseeing, his mind was elsewhere, in a deep and dark place stuck in a stasis preparing for metamorphosis the physical pain came through in rolling waves, challenging the meditation of his subconscious, but he remained unmoving and unwilling to sacrifice the value in disassociating himself from the world from those things which not long ago had seemed to encompass his existence. The death of his ego was slow, but inevitable. It moved like a lumbering beast at first gaining speed in futile hops and kicks, pushing itself in the desired direction, but that had gained speed and with speed came traction and now the unstoppable force bashed through the barriers which had constricted the reverend and had kept him in place and unchanging in who he was for so long. It crashed great large ivory tusks through fragile corridors in his mind creating new pathways, avoiding the center of self and identity which was the central room in his mind and the core of his being, circumventing his feelings of self while also destroying all ties to those around him until ego and identity began to seep through the cracks, drip, drip, dripping from the fissures and away. Edward peered at him, marveling in the work he had done on the Reverend's mind, so young in his exploration of his new world and already he could yield the power to shatter the mind of a man. What he had shown Reverend Albert was between Edward and the Reverend, but it hadn't taken much to take a man who had stood at the helm of his life's ship while being battered by hail the entirety of it. And send him teetering over the edge. So frail, so small both in body and mind. Reverend had been standing on the cliff and Edward had shown him an image of what lay at the bottom. Reverend Albin was merely taking a closer look for himself, but Edward August Hall's desires had changed since then. He had seen if he could break a man, but could he put one back together? give the reverend something to fight for, or perhaps the trick was something to fight against, rage against, stubbornly persist in the face of insurmountable hopelessness. How interesting, how clever, Edward August Hall thought, make the world so wrong that it would make him persist past the human need to sustain one's own life. Would Reverend Albert save the world? Would that be his desire? No. No, no, no. Edward August Hall had something different in mind. Show him something to tear apart. Paint for him the picture he needed. Maybe. Perchance. Perhaps could reassemble, Reverend Albert, not to fight for something, but to fight against it. Yes, 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 that was it. The world was terrible, and it was time to show him just how terrible it truly was, or rather would be, if Adam, well, if Adam got a hold of Peggy, if Adam took back from Peggy what rightfully belonged to him, if he could direct the reverend yes of course he could he knew exactly where Peggy was and where she was headed and he had a selection of wonderful offerings he had taken from mother Cyprian in particular that he could use to illustrate his grim tableau for reverend Albert her anxieties were plentiful and the midnight fears that leached into her subconscious were colorful enough to build a fire within him that's what he hoped. After all, Edward August Hall wasn't sure. But it never hurt to try and time was of the essence. Peggy had run and run and run until she had no more in her that would fuel the mechanism that jerked each knee up and no resolve to keep striking the ground with her heels. She had stopped. When the fatigue had taken over, and slept a while, shivering in the cold, huddled under a tree to keep warm, piling what debris was about in the forest. But when she awoke not more than a few minutes later, the cold had only seeped further inside her, her heart seizing with shivering beats. The forest eventually broke into wide open fields, neglected acreage where the evidence of tilling and farming, vegetation, and livestock lay scattered about. The field was spotted with tufts of tall grass bent over, doubled by the rain that fell. They were flat and modeled by molehills, and Peggy could see why some farmer long ago had abandoned those fields. They were barren, as if spring. And summer had never touched them. The earth still dark and exposed, loose and turned ready for planting, but there was little else but the tufts of grass and the remnants of green vegetation at its edges near irrigation ditches. Was that smell the rotting green vegetation at the edges of the field? Or was it the water that fed the fields? Ah, Peggy was tired and cold. She couldn't care. Not one bit what polluted the air with gaseous and nauseating fumes. Trauma of confusion had taken its toll on her. Her world was upside down and melting like candle wax. Everything around her was nearly indecipherable. Her memories were modeled. Every shadow of a tree shaking in the wind sent her running and every rustling bush froze her in place she knew roughly where she was but knowing where you are and being able to find your way back are two different things and peggy wasn't sure she wanted to return she walked across fields that felt like river sand beneath her feet the turned soil barren and sitting untouched moved and sloshed turning into mud as the dirt could no longer drink in equal measures of the rain that fell By the time she had reached what looked to be a tool shack, she was well past the point of exhaustion. Once again, she rummaged about half-heartedly, looking for something to shield her from the world to warm her. Under an assortment of tools, shovels, hoes, bits of trash, and broken blades, she nearly cried. When she saw a dusty bundle of scrunched-up burlap, she crawled inside on all fours too tired to maintain the dignity of being human, and whimpered softly as she cried, too tired to fully express her anguish either. There she curled up and slept and slept and slept.
1: Okay, now, you must be very quiet. The Reverend needs his rest if he is to recover from his wounds. And absolutely do not touch any implements in the room either. Nor the Reverend.
2: Oh, of course.
1: Just open the damn door I ain't gonna touch nothing. Don't be glib. I must make absolutely certain you understand the rules. We don't want to cause sickness or introduce infection. We are merely here to determine if there were more physiological changes, but only using the tool of your observance. We may not roll him over, poke or prod. I'm, of course, not sure what good it will do, but since our resident farmer is so insistent, I will oblige. Darn right you're gonna oblige. gonna do this old song and dance again I I, I I don't understand where is he where is Reverend Albert
0: where is the reverend who could know well Edward August Hall of course no longer was Edward a benign observer, watching the narrative laid out before him, acted out by townsfolk and written by fate. Indeed, he knew where Reverend Albert was, because he was the one who had pointed the way. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers, sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be, but it's also built on the support of its townsfolk Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? Or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open? Or perhaps you'd rather help build the mausoleum for the ones who will never die? In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free, as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see, with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity, by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com thetownwhispers. If you would like to support us in other ways, please consider following us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at thetownwhispers, or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on the show, please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com
2: got the ghost of you inside of my